Turner Classic Movies. I'm Ron Coleman. Throughout the month of October, TCM will be dedicating their Friday lineup to horror films that will surely get you in the Halloween spirit. Terror classic movies, if you will. This Friday, the focus is on horror films in the 1920s. And first up, a German expressionist film directed by F.W. Murnau and starring Max Schreck. From 1922, it's Nosferatu. The film follows a young man as he travels to a castle in the Carpathian Mountains of Transylvania to meet a strange count. The count is buying a house in the town where the young man lives. But once the paperwork has been signed, the young man quickly realizes the count is not like ordinary men. He's a vampire who wreaks havoc on the town and on the young man's wife. If the film sounds very similar to the story of Dracula, it should. Nosferatu was based on the 1897 Bram Stoker novel, but the characters' names were changed. But, despite the name changes, when Bram Stoker's widow received word that a German film company made a movie based on her husband's novel, she filed a class action lawsuit. The suit she ended up winning. But when the film company was unable to pay damages, Mrs. Stoker wanted all copies of the film destroyed, including the negative. Fortunately, some prints survived. Unfortunately, the surviving prints have through the years been altered from the original edit. But the version you are about to see has been restored as much as possible to the director's original cut. Here, from 1922, the classic silent horror film, Nosferatu. Well, hello. Welcome to the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. That is Ron Perlman talking about Nosferatu. A hundred years of Nosferatu. Same year as Betty White. I'm sure that Betty White watched it as a toddler. (coughs) F.W. Murnau. So F.W. Murnau was a German expressionist director. And at that time, German expressionism was big and I want to give a shout out to my German listeners because I I know that I have listeners in Germany because I talk about German expressionism so F.W. Murnau born in 1888 on December 28th in Germany and he died on March 11th 1931 in Santa Barbara California And tonight we talk about his masterpiece, which is Nosferatu. Later on, he did a film, Sunrise, which won an Academy Award for Unique and Artistic Picture in 1927. 28, actually. But it's Nosferatu that really ripped everybody. And yes, what happened was... Bram Stoker's widow knew about it and well here's what happened Stoker's heirs sued over the adaption and a court ruling ordered all copies of the film to be destroyed however several prints of Nosferatu survived and the film came to be regarded as an influential masterpiece of cinema (coughs) and it was really (laughs) excuse me Released March 4th, 1922 in Germany. 
what it is is yes the names have been changed it takes place in 1838 in the fictional german town of wisborg thomas hutler or hutter is sent to transylvania by his employer and estate agent heir knock to visit a new client named count orlock who plans to buy a new a buy house across from the hutter's own home while embarking on his journey, Hutter stops at the inn where the locals become frightened by the mere mention of Orlock's name. Hutter rides on a coach <coughs> to a castle where he is welcomed by Count Orlock. When Hutter is eating dinner and accidentally cuts his thumb, Orlock tries to suck the blood out, but his repulsed guest pulls his hand away. Hutter wakes up in the morning to find the fresh punctures on his neck, which he attributes to mosquitoes. That night, Orlock signs the documents to purchase the house and notices a photo of Hutter's wife, Ellen, remarking that she has a very lovely neck. Reading a book about vampires that he took from the local inn, Hutter starts to suspect that Orlock is a vampire. He cowers in his room at midnight, approaches with no way to bar the door. The door opens by itself and Orlock enters, and Hutter hides under the bed covers and falls unconscious. Meanwhile, his wife awakens from her sleep and as a trance walks onto the balcony railing, which gets his friend Harding's attention. When the doctor arrives, she shouts Hutter's name, apparently too able to see Orlock in his castle threatening her unconscious husband. The next day, Hutter explores the castle only to retreat back into his room after he finds the coffin in which Orlock is resting dormant in the crypt. Hours later, Orlock piles up coffins on a coach and climbs into the last one before the coach departs, and Hutter rushes home after learning this. The coffins are taken abroad, where all the ship's sailors and captain die, and Orlock takes control. When the ship arrives in Wisburg, Orlock leaves un unobserved carrying one of his coffins and moves into the house he purchased. Many deaths in the town follow after Orlock's arrival which the town's doctors blame on an unspecified plague. Ellen reads the book found, Hutter Found, which claims that a vampire can be defeated if a pure-hearted woman detracts a vampire with her beauty. She opens her window to invite Orlock in, but faints. Hutter right, revives her and sends her in to fetch her Professor Bulwer, a physician. After he leaves, Orlock enters and drinks her blood, but starts as the sun rises, causing Orlock to vanish in a puff of smoke by sunlight. Ellen lives just uh, long enough to embrace her grief-stricken husband. The scene shows Count Orlock's destroyed castle in the Car Carpathian Mountains, symbolizing the end of his bloody reign of terror. Max Schreck as Count Orlock, Gustav von Rindem, uh, oh jeez, I, I don't want to butcher his name. I love it when they have it on uh... now this of course is you know before Francis Ford Coppola took it and made it very sexual oh yeah he did um, Gustav von Wajahim as Thomas Hutter Greta Schroeder as Ellen Hutter uh, Alexander okay if you remember the Francis Ford Coppola one, Tom Waits plays uh, 
Renfeld or Greifeld or one of them. I haven't read the book in a long time. Let's see. And as you can tell by my throat, I'm I'm still it's it's there. Alexander Granach as Nock. And yeah. So the themes of, you know, the film and the production. The, uh, the studio behind Nosferatu, Prana Film, was a short-lived silent era German film studio founded in 1921 by Enrico Dieckmann, an occultist artist, Alban Grau, named for the Hindi concept of Prana, Although the studio's intent was to produce occult and supernatural-themed films, Nosferatu was its only production, and it declared bankruptcy shortly after the film's release. Now, there is a supposed curse behind the film, kind of like The Exorcist. Um, okay, here we go. The original score was composed by Hans Erdmann, and performed by orchestra at the film's Berlin premiere. However, most of the score has been lost, and what remains is only partial adapted suit. Thus, throughout the history of Nosferatu screenings, many composers and musicians have written or improvised their own soundtrack to accompany the film. For example, James Bernard, composer of the soundtracks of many Hammer horror films in the late 1950s and 60s, wrote a score for a reissue. Bernard's score was released in 1997 by Silver Screen Records, a version of Edmund's, Erd, Erdman's original score reconstructed by musicologists and composers Gillian Armstrong, Aaron Anderson, and James Kessler was released in 1995. An early reconstruction by German composer Bernard Heller has many editions of unrelated classical works. Now, the deviations from the novel. The story of Nosferatu is similar to that of Dracula and retains the core characters, Jonathan and Mina, Harker, and the Count, and so on. It omits many of the secondary players, however, such as Arthur and Quincy, and changes the names of those who remain. The settings have been transferred from Britain in the year 1890s to Germany, 1838. In contrast, the Count Dracula, Orlok, does not create other vampires but kills his victims causing the townsfolk to blame the plague which ravages the city. Orlok also must sleep by day, as sunlight would kill him. While the original Dracula is only weakened by sunlight, the ending is also subsequently different from the Dracula novel. The Count is ultimately destroyed at sunrise when Mina when the Mina uh, analogy sacrifices herself to him. The town called uh, Willsburg is, in the film is in fact a mix of Wishmar and Lubrek and the other versions of the film name of the city is changed for unknown reasons back to Bremen. Okay. Shortly before the premiere, an advertisement campaign was placed in the issue of 21 of the magazine Bruja and Frim with a summary scene and work paragraphs, production reports, and essays including the treatment of the vampirism by Abrin Bru. Nosferatu opened in the Netherlands on February 16, 1922 at the Hoc Flora and the Olympia Cinemas. Nosferatu premiered in Germany on March 4, 1922. This was planned by a large society evening entitled Das Fest des Nosferatu, Festival of Nosferatu. 
and guests were asked to arrive dressed in Bridamir costume. The German cinema uh, premiere itself took place on the 15th of March, 1922, at Berlin's Primus Planast. The 1930s sound version of the Twelfth Hour Night of Horror, which is less commonly known, a completely unauthorized and revisited version of the film, was released in Vienna on 19, in 1930. Oh, I didn't know that. Oh, the version of the uh, which Murnau was unaware contained many scenes filmed by Murnau, but not previously released. It also contained additional footage not filmed by Murnau, but by cameraman Gunther Krumpf under the direction of Widemere Roger, supposedly also a film editor and lab chemist. The name of director F.W. Murnau is no longer mentioned in the credits. The version lasting approximately 80 minutes was presented on, uh, in 1981. Okay, so the legacy of this film. Nosferatu brought Murnau into the public eye, especially when his film... De Brendir Erker, The Burning Soil, was released a few days later. The press reported extensively on Nosferatu and its premiere. With the laboratory votes, that was also the occasional criticism and technical perfection and clarity of the images did not fit the horror theme. Nosferatu was also the first film to show a vampire dying from exposure to sunlight. Previous vampire novels, such as Dracula, had shown them being uncomfortable with sunlight, but not life-threatening (laughs) <laughs> oh, and it's on Blu-ray, and, and you can watch it digitally. Um, in 1979, let's see. Oh, here we go. The television series adaption of Stephen King's *Salem's Lot* took an inspiration from Nosferatu for the appearance of its villain, Kurt Barlow. The film's producer, Richard Corbett, stated that we went back to the old German Nosferatu concept is the essence of evil and not anything romantic or schmarmy or you know the rogue cheeked widow peaked Dracula okay the 2000 film Shadow of the Vampire directed by Ila L. S. Murridge, uh, is a fictionalized account of the making of Nosferatu it stars William Defoe and John Malkovich the film was nominated for two Academy Awards that's true Shadow of the Vampire is You know, there, there's, there's so much to be said about that. Uh, let's revisit the TCM. directed his first film in 1919, but he didn't receive real recognition until 1922 with this film, Nosferatu. Two years later, he made The Last Laugh, which was such a visual milestone for motion pictures and so highly regarded, Murnau was invited by Fox to come to Hollywood. Unfortunately, he only made four films in Hollywood. Tragically, Murnau was killed in an automobile accident in March of 1931. He was buried in Berlin, and strangely, his grave has been desecrated by grave robbers on multiple occasions. His coffin was broken into, and his skull was stolen, and it has still not been recovered. Up next, more classic horror films from the 1920s. Another German selection about insane hypnotist who uses a sleepwalker... So it's perfect that we have Hellboy himself and also the Beast from Beauty and the Beast talking about Nosferatu. Now, I came across this YouTube clip 
but it's mostly dialogue. And so I'm going to, let's see. All right. Oh, is this it? This is a clip. I'm just going to play it for you. Enjoy. This is the chilling story behind Nosferatu. Technology, unfortunately, broke down at that second. I hate getting emails. So that is from the chilling story, true story behind Nosferatu, from Grunge. Interesting. A hundred years of Nosferatu. Everyone has talked about it. I mean, it is a legendary film. I have a copy of the Blu-ray. I know that it was remade in the 1970s. Let's see. Or was it? Okay, remakes. Yes. Warner Herzog remade it in 1979. And I know that Robert Eggers... Oh, Robert Eggers. Okay, here we go. Robert Eggers, who had done The Witch, who had done The Lighthouse, and is doing Northman. July 19 or 2015 another remake was announced with Robert Eggers writing and directing the film was intended to be produced by J.V. Hoy and Lars Krudison for Studio 8 in November 2016 Eggers expressed surprise that the Nosferatu remake was going to be his second film saying it feels ugly and blasphemous and egomaniacal and disgusting for a filmmaker in my place to do a Nosferatu next I was really planning and waiting a while, but that's how fate shook out. In 2000 or 2017, it was announced that Anna T- 
Taylor-Joy would be featured in the film in an unknown role. However, in 2019 interview, Eggers claimed that he was unsure as whether to the film would still be made, saying, but also, I don't know, maybe Nosferatu doesn't need to be made again, even though I've spent so much time on that. So yeah, there's there's so much to be said about this film. The original vampire, I mean, it is startling to watch. It's, at the same time, the beauty of German expressionism at its best. This is from Roger Ebert. Here is the story of Dracula Dracula before it was buried alive in cliches, jokes, TV skits, cartoons, and more than 30 other films. The film is in an awe, is in awe of its own material. It seems really it seems to really believe in vampires. Is Murnau's Nosferatu scary in the modern sense? Not for me. I admire it more for its art, art, artistry and ideas, its atmosphere and images, than it is for its ability to manipulate my emotions a skillful modern horror film. It knows none of the later tricks of the trade, like sudden tree threats that pop in from the side of the screen, but Nosferatu remains effective. It doesn't scare us, but it haunts us. And that's true. That's that's very true, and it's just one of those films. It's one of those films and I thought let's end tonight with the film that was inspired by Nosferatu and that's 2000 Shadow of the Vampire. I'll eat her later. <laughs> That's the legacy of Nosferatu. A hundred years of a classic. And I, you know, I'm not big on remakes, but I will say from the films that I've seen Robert Eggers do, I'm sure in his hands it would be masterful. So that's the Dr. Zeus Film Podcast. Unpleasant dreams. <laughs>